Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here on a Tuesday. A few days away from wrapping up the first half of 2021. It's been a wild one, but a good one so far for stocks. Today's show is a big show. We're going to talk about the market right now. What's going on? Uh, breaking out. A lot of big new highs for S&P 500 and NASDAQ. What about this past week and the news coming out from Intellia, the gene editing company? We need to dive into that. And what we found diving into it is how bad ETFs can be and why you need to build your own basket. And finally, we wrap up the show, a little bit about cryptocurrencies, and then a chart lesson. We're gonna look at one of the scans that I look at every morning. All this and more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here. It is Tuesday, June 29th, I believe. It is Tuesday, June 29th. Man, oh man, one more day left in the first half of 2021. How time flies. And I think really being down here in Nicaragua, it flies even faster because I don't have to see all the craziness and news and the media going nuts in, in America. I try to distance myself from that as much as possible. And boy, it makes it a little bit more relaxing. Staring at the ocean out there doesn't hurt either. The pool behind me, uh, it really, it's not, a, it's not a bad life, put it that way. But today we're going to talk about uh, quite a few things, and we're taping this show a little bit earlier, so it's only about 25 after 7 here right now, uh, mountain time, I guess it'd be in the United States. Uh, market opens in, in a few minutes, so we'll be talking about the market opening and how things go. We're going to take a look at the market here in a moment. Uh, but in the meantime, a little bit of idea we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the markets I just mentioned. Uh, we're going to talk about gene editing and break that down into what that really means, the story of the weekend, one of the biggest stories in healthcare in a very long time. Uh, then we're going to talk about ETFs. We're going to dive into some of the genomics ETFs and show you just how different they are, how ETFs can really, really not be the best investment for you, and why you need to do it yourself. And more importantly, or just as important, it's actually cheaper to do it yourself, believe it or not. Cheaper. Saving money. And then we're going to go through a little old school charting session. And we're going to go through some of the charts that I've already gone through this morning. Uh, and I'll show you exactly what I look for in the morning and, and stocks that come up and how they go on my watch list. And I think it's a good little educational lesson for you. And we come up with some good stock ideas potentially along the way. So let's dive into it. <clears throat> let's just dive into the market here first. And uh, let me flip over here to the uh, S&P 500. Again, the market's about to open uh, actually in a few seconds here. So uh, you'll see the, the S&P 500 close at a new record now four consecutive days uh, and opening right now. Um, up slightly, up about a half a point, the S&P 500 ETF, as you can see, which equates to about five points on the S&P 500. So up slightly uh, right there, with the Dow uh, bouncing again on the open as well. Uh, we also have um, uh, the Russell 2000, the small cap index up slightly. Uh, we even have the NASDAQ. Uh, actually, NASDAQ is down slightly this morning. That's the one that's kind of lagging behind a little bit here this morning. So a mixed market, but again, this is so early. By the time this, this goes live, you guys are watching it, uh, it could be very different. But the bottom line is this chart goes from the lower left to upper right. Extremely bullish market that we're in right now. And, you know, one ETF that I kept looking at, we're talking about ETFs in a little bit here, is uh, ARK Innovation. And I started looking at it when it was down here, when it was breaking 100. Because this is such a great indicator of the uh, innovation, growth stocks, and a lot of them are, are small mid-caps that have got, really got beaten up from the middle of February. But I said, you know, down here, this, this is, these trends aren't ending, folks. Now look at it. It's up 30% from those lows, a little over 30%. It is up against resistance around 130. We hit a couple times here. 
uh, but it blew through this downtrend line. We could take a breather and pull back a little, but I think that we'll hit new highs in the next six to 12 months uh, in this innovation ETF. I know Jim Cramer thinks Kathy Wood's uh, influence in the market is over. I think he is so far uh, out of touch with what goes on in the stock market these days because he's too uh, ingrained in trying to get eyeballs and sell his lowest rated show there is on TV, uh, basically on CNBC. Uh, so don't, don't take what he says uh, uh, too much because he's not uh, there making money off, uh, uh, off helping you do any better in the market. He's not, his, his money comes from eyeballs and that's from saying crazy stuff. So uh, keep, you know, just ignore him as much as possible. So that's where we stand right now with, with the markets opening up. You know, as I mentioned, the S&P 500 uh, opening up slightly here. And uh, ARK Innovation, ETF down three quarters percent. So we're seeing a little bit of selling in, the, uh, in that area, in the growth area, but the overall market's up about two tenths of a percent here right now. So uh, a few things I wanna talk about, as I mentioned here today. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the markets, but before we get into gene editing, there was something that, that I caught my eye this morning. Uh, United Airlines uh, announced their largest single order ever for 270 planes uh, from both Boeing and Airbus. This is the largest order, again, ever for, for United, 270 aircraft. Uh, it's the largest order for any airline in about a decade. So this is a big order, considering you're coming out of a pandemic when air travels was essentially shut down, was down about 95% from where it was uh, months prior to the shutdown. The fact that they're out there ordering that, boy, that, that, that tells you something. So let's take a look just at these stocks real quick. Here's United stock today. It's up about six-tenths of percent. I, I kind of like the fact that in, around this 50 level right here, but let's look a little long, longer term here because I want to show you that it still has a little ways to go. You know, it was consolidating for a couple years actually between around 80 and the mid 90s and then the pandemic hit and obviously we know what happened. It fell down into the teens for a little bit. Uh, back to 60s and now it's at around 53 uh, or so right around there. It's in a nice little uptrend as you can see here uh, since the low and, and it's on the, up, the uptrend line, the lower end of it, the lower end of the range, which is typically a nice buying opportunity. If this continues as pattern, it probably puts it up in the high 60s, which from here, you know, it's called 16, so, you know, you're looking at 30%. So it's a nice little, little bump here from here potentially. So that's one to keep an eye on. Let's pull up here Boeing as well, because obviously part of the uh, orders that they received, this is their long-term chart, very similar fell during the pandemic but it was already rolling over from uh, one year earlier in 2019. Uh, shorter term here, we'll take a look at Boeing. Uh, similar chart to uh, United. It's got this uptrend line looking good. So it's, it's one to keep an eye on. And obviously it's part of the space race as well, which I, I think the, that's gonna be a, a big investment trend over the next 10 years. And then let's take a look at Airbus. That is the uh, European company, which is uh, also getting the other order, the other big uh, airline manufacturer Chart team looks a little bit better. It gapped up uh, end of May and it's pulling back on support here. So this one looks a little better to me. But again, let's look at long term because we have to see where it was. And this is where it was. 38 down to about 13 back up. And this one's actually come back. Airbus a little bit quicker than Boeing and United Airlines. So uh, maybe it's one you want to put in your watch list as well. Also diversifies you out of the U.S. a little bit, which there's never anything wrong with a little bit of diversification outside the U.S. because as much as this is the greatest country in the world, there's other opportunities out there as well. This is about a $30 billion deal uh, for United Airlines. And they also announced they'd be hiring about 25,000 more employees. All good news. I'd like to see all this because obviously if you're, if you're buying $30 billion worth of airplanes, that leads to a lot of jobs for, for the companies manufacturing them. 
uh, United themselves hiring 25,000 more people. They may have trouble getting them, but uh, they're going to be out there hiring, which I like to see. That's great for the economy. It's great for people in general getting back to work. So now let's jump into the gene editing that I want to talk about and Intelia, uh, symbol NTLA. Uh, they came out this weekend. I'll pull up the chart here for you. And uh, the news, you knew the news was coming, and uh, it was, anticipation was running high. Couldn't wait to get it this weekend, you know, heading into the weekend. You know me, I get a little nervous when the market's not open. I love having the action. And obviously, you can see here the, the news was fantastic. Um, and, and Telia is a, one of the three big uh, CRISPR-Cas9 companies, the other two being Editas, EDIT, and CRISPR Therapeutics, CRSP, which we'll take a look at both those here in a minute. But Intellia came out, and, and I'm going to make this really break it down, and anybody who's a doctor may say I sound like an idiot, but I'm trying to break it down into very low level so everybody can understand. Um, with CRISPR-Cas9, uh, you can uh, edit a gene. You can cut and paste it. Basically, you're changing one gene that, that's wrong. Something's wrong with the, with the body causing a disease. And by doing that, you're curing disease. It's not a treatment. You're surely curing the disease. And we've seen CRISPR have some uh, luck with it, CRISPR therapeutics, that is, in uh, sickle cell disease, uh, curing some people as, as of now. Uh, but what's different about Intellia, th theirs was in vivo, which means it was inside the body. And instead of actually targeting the exact spot, they went after a, a disease, ATTR, uh, affects proteins in the liver. And they were able to inject it into, into the body, and it was able to go out throughout the body and actually find uh, the misshaped proteins and able to fix them. So instead of just being very targeted or having to pull it out and do ex vivo, where you pull it out of the body, change it, and put it back in, this was simply put in through the body, found it, and changed it. And, and the success rate so far is between the high mid-80s and mid-90%. And uh, there's, a, there's a great uh, article somewhere, I can't remember where I read it, it might have been in The Guardian, um, about a guy last name Daltry, Daltry uh, an, an Irish lad. And uh, he has ATTR. He's one of the six people that got this, uh, just talking about watching his father die from this, how horrible the disease is. And um, if this leads to uh, this, this type of cure for ATTR, it then goes to sickle cell and it goes to potentially 10,000 monogenic diseases, which really you just have to change one, one gene and you're cured. 10,000 of them diseases. Groundbreaking stuff, folks. It really is. It gives me a chill sometimes I think about it, about how many lives it's going to save, how, many, how much suffering it's going to eradicate. It is truly amazing. And I know when it comes to gene therapy and gene editing, there's always kind of the, the yin and the yang. You know, there's the, the part that's like this is, to me, will save so many lives, save suffering, save families, uh, just let people live longer, healthier lives. On the other side, people, well, what if bad people get their hands on it and they can start creating an army of superhumans and stuff? And, you know, there's, nothing's perfect. You, know, you, you could say that about a lot of things. There, there, there's, a, there's a good and there's a bad. And to this, though, there's much more good coming out of it. And let's, let's, let's look at that in a positive way. So, you know, I just showed the stock here of Intelli. I will show it to you again. Obviously, up, close up about 50% up again today. A little bit more on that. And they even did a secondary offering last night and still up on it. Uh, the other two that, that are closely related to this in, in uh, Cas9 is uh, Editas, uh, which is E-D-I-T. And you see that gapped up yesterday, but pulled back about 3% today. But the chart can see much, much different uh, than Intellia. And then the other of the big three, and this is the largest of the three, uh, this is CRISPR Therapeutics. 
again, gapped up. It's actually down today, but gapped up. And it's kind of like the middle uh, of the charts. You know, uh, Intelli is the best, then CRISPR, then uh, we take a look at Editas. A few of the related stocks in the field, though, uh, Beam Therapeutics, B-E-A-M. Uh, as you can see, this is a really nice looking chart. Uh, it's gapped up yesterday. It's holding on to, uh, to the gains right there. So there's a couple other stocks out there now that are gene uh, therapy, gene editing, uh, genomics related. But these are kind of three that really moved on the news as of yesterday. So what I did is I started taking a look at the ETFs, the exchange traded funds uh, that have genomics in their name and that track uh, this area. And let's go through these because the reason I'm doing this I want to show you that ETS exchange traded funds can be great in certain situations, small situations, but for the most part, they're not good for the investing. And let's go through. Um, I'm going to take a look at the ARK Genomics ETF, A-R-K-G. Nothing wrong with this ETF, but if you think you're getting exposure to uh, CRISPR-Cas9 uh, CRISPR therapy, uh, you're not. Because I took, I took a look at it yesterday. And ARKG has been a hell of a winner over the years. I mean, look, let's take a look at this long-term chart. Um, there's no, nothing that, that, that is bad about it. I mean, this was down around 15 bucks in 20, late 2016. It was up almost 10x. I mean, this, this is right about 10x. This is a uh, great performing ETF, a lot of good stocks in it. But again, when you see genomic revolution, I think right away that I should be seeing all these CRISPR stocks right at the top. <clears throat> top holdings. Teladoc, great company. Exact Sciences, great company. PacBio, great company. CareDX, great company. Regeneron, and then uh, Vertex. But none of the big four I talked about are even in there. How about this? Intellia, NTLA, isn't even a holding. It's not even a holding. And Kathy Woods and, and her team, I, I think they're some of the greatest that we've seen in, in a long, long time in the market. Amazing to me that that stock is not in the top, hold, not in the holdings at all. Unless I missed it, but I looked through it twice. Not in the holdings at all. And, you know, you look at performance-wise, even with the pullback that we've had from that, from that high that we saw earlier this year, this ETF in, a, ETF in the last three years is still up 205%. So about 3x your money. Still did great without Intellia, but I when you hear it when you, when you read Genomic Revolution, I think to myself, you have to have a lot of CRISPR Cas9 in the top. No Intellia, and CRISPR Therapeutics isn't even in the top five stocks. And it charges a 0.75 percent expense ratio. So it doesn't sound like much, but each year that that adds to it. If you're paying your advisor, let's say one and a half percent to manage your money. And he or she's buying this, you have to add another 0.75% on it. It's now two and a quarter percent. Chips away. And if your average gain is 10% a year, it's taking away 22.5% of your gain in those fees. So when you build your own ETF, which we'll talk about after we look at two more, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to buy or sell stocks these days. It costs you zero. There's no expense ratio. All right, so let's move on to the next one. The next one I took a look at, again, looking for genomics in its name, because that's what people are looking at, you know, the average person. Global X Genomics and Biotechnology ETF, G-N-O-M. Again, gapped up yesterday. Uh, over the last three years, up about 70%, so it's done well. Uh, expense ratio is a little bit lower, 0.5%, but still 50 basis points a year. Its top holdings are Genscript, which doesn't trade here in the U.S. It is a, uh, a foreign company. Uh, ALNY, 
Uh, and just take a look at some of these companies, just to give you an idea, you know, what, what they look like. Um, and, and this company actually, uh, yesterday, was really kind of on, on the other end of the spectrum because they were trying to have a cure for the same disease, and you can see it fell on that news. Um, also in top holdings are um, Arrowwood, A-R-W-R. You know, this, CareDX is in there again, Sarepta, um, Agilent, which, yeah, Agilent's a nice company, but it's not, it has an indirect play on making equipment for genomics and that type of stuff. But again, the top holdings here, they don't have the ones I want in there. If I'm going to be investing in genomics, I want to have those big names in there. And you just don't see it in, in the top holdings. I'm looking right now at the top holdings, and CRISPR is in there, four, five, six, seven, as a number eight holding. Intellia is number nine holding now. It jumped up after yesterday. Uh, Editas is down somewhere in the top 15 or 20 or so. Um, so so my, my point is that you're, you look at some of these ETFs and you really think you're getting exposure to an area that, that I love and you probably should love too, but it's not truly. It, it's what I call style drift. They're drifting away from what the style, what they're saying. So there's one more that was, that's out there. And uh, this is, uh, again, you know, genomics in its name. It doesn't mean anything, but it, but it should go after genomics if it is. And this is the iShares Genomics Immunology and Healthcare ETF. Uh, this does have CRISPR as its number two holding, so I will give it that. And you see the performance recently has been pretty good. It's up 105% over the last three years. Um, Invitae is a top holding, then CRISPR Therapeutics, uh, Sarepta, Merck, come on, Moderna, Fate Therapeutics, GenMab. There's some good companies in there, but again, you're not really getting that big exposure. Expense ratio of 0.47%. So to me, this, this just screams one thing, and, and, it, and it makes me feel good about what I've been doing for subscribers for, for many years now. And, and that is, instead of trying to pick an ETF, and trying to, instead, of, instead of trying to pick an individual stock, uh, we, we try to come together and build a basket, a basket of stocks in genomics that I feel have direct exposure to that. Instead of having exposure to 30 stocks and 20 of them I don't even like, we'll put four, five, six, maybe seven sometimes. And if, if you're putting, let's say it's five, if you're gonna put $500 into the genomics ETF, that's what you wanna do, you could pick your five stocks, build your own ETF, and at that point, but a hundred bucks in each. So you still have 500 bucks in your genomics part of your portfolio. The only difference is uh, you're building your own and you're not paying any expense ratio. So that's fantastic too, no expense ratio. So I just wanted to go over that because I, I, there was huge news and it's so positive. But if you, going forward, when you have these big trends like this, that's why you know I do what I do, to try to get out there and help people build these baskets because um, there's money to be made in these trends. There's no doubt in my mind these trends will come to fruition, whether it be genomics, whether it be artificial intelligence, whether it be continuation of 5G being rolled out, whether it be uh, other areas of future of healthcare, AI and drug discovery, uh, whether it be the future of transportation, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, uh, Internet of Things, uh, space race. So many sectors and areas out there that uh, that will do well. Build your own ETF, and we'll help you do that. All right, so now... It's time for chart school. And you know, in the mornings what I do is I go through my charts and I have these scans I've been using for literally over a decade. And I go up and see if anything pops up. I'm not a trader, uh, I'm not a, anything of that sort, but 
these charts look for certain um, indicators that a lot of times indicate the stock has formed a bottom and, or, or at least formed a pullback potentially and looking for uh, to continue a trend. If it falls in, then, it, then we look at the fundamentals of it, uh, make sure it's in the same trend, et cetera. And if it is, then maybe it's a time you add that to the watch list. So I went through uh, our list here, and one of them is the RSI crossover, Relative Strength Index. This is an indicator that, uh, let me pull up here, I'll just pull up the market. Um, and a chart here, and I'll show you the RSI. That is not the market. And um, down here is the RSI that you always see uh, in the show, right down here. And um, it goes between uh, 0 and 100. This is the indicator over here. And below 30 is oversold, above 70 is overbought. And I don't buy things when they get become oversold, because if they're oversold, they can keep getting worse and worse and worse. Things get overbought, but they can keep rallying while they're overbought. You can see right there, it keeps going higher. What I look for is a crossover when it comes out of that area, out of the oversold area and crosses back above 30. So we do the scan for that every day. I had a, I had a couple come through. I actually did this late last night and some early this morning. But I, a couple stocks came up. And uh, I thought some of them were interesting. So I want to share them with you and, and show a little bit of chart school of what, what happened. So here's PPG. And again, this may not be the most exciting stock. And we'll be like, oh, be, man, what is this? Uh, PPG Industries, it's about a $40 billion company, uh, but they are a global maker of coatings, basically. Uh, it's the world's largest producer of coatings um, after they purchased uh, Axo Noble assets. So, you know, think about anything that's being coated on anything, automotives, aerospace, anywhere construction, industrials, you name it. Uh, this is a company that, again, may not sound like the most exciting company, uh, but it's got a 4P ratio of 19, 4 price sales 2.2, um, it's, it's growing bottom line pretty nicely. Uh, two years from now, looking for about $9.60 a share. So making tons of money. You can see here in the chart, it gapped up and it pulled back. And a lot of times, this will be your first support level and the bottom of the gap is the next one. But you can see here the RSI is crossing over. And then you look at the long-term chart, uh, which uh, should pop up here in a second. And it's really come back from that low. Uh, great long-term chart at an all-time high. Or pulling back from an all-time high, as it sh should say. And this is a play on reopening because everything needs coding. So as, as economies continue to reopen globally, this is global. This isn't just a U.S. play. This should do well. So if it holds a support level, man, this could be a nice, uh, more conservative type play uh, in my mind. But again, popped up on the chart here. I probably wouldn't have had PPG in my list without that. Next one, this is a, uh, a foreign company, more of an international play as well. Uh, this is Logitech, L-O-G-I. And Logitech is going to be basically a peripheral, peripheral play. Uh, they make uh, different accessories for uh, computers, uh, whether it be for video communication. Um, they make some stuff for smart homes. Everything from you know the mouses, the keyboards, charging stations, um, cases, home cameras, Bluetooth speakers. I mean, you name it. Just peripherals in general. And they sell all over the world. About a 20.5 billion dollar company, and um, you could probably see the chart here and see kind of why I, I, I put this one out there. You can see here, this was a resistance level, resistance level, broke out and then pulled back. And when resistance gets broken, it turns into support. The red line's a 50-day moving average. We're just getting the RSI crossover. Um, let's pull out a little bit longer term here and look at a long-term chart. You can see, man, just a great, great, great long-term chart. I mean, this is a company that is extremely overlooked in my mind. I mean, look at this. I mean, it's run a lot in the last few years, don't get me wrong, but uh, has some decent growth and um, you know, forward PE ratio about 24. So you're not looking at a stock that's extremely overvalued, uh, 
um, even though it has run so darn much, which is pretty interesting to see how much it's, it's run uh, and, and it still uh, looks so good. I'm trying to find uh, something for you here real quick on another computer over here. Let's see. I just want to pull up and see the, the, the growth here because I, I, something, you know, I could see it on one page, but, you know, it's not huge, actually, future growth because you're, they're seeing a dip, actually, right now and then coming back up. But, again, this is the type of stock and company where the arm demand for this type of uh, uh, goods uh, for a very long time and the charts, my goodness. This is what I call my breakout pullback. Breakout pullback support, be patient. Man, it looks really, really good right there, folks. I got to tell you. Uh, and I don't have, none of these are buy and sell recommendations. I don't have any exposure to these stocks. So I'm um, just kind of throwing them out there at you. The next one we're going to take a look at, a little different. It's a smaller company. Uh, if I can type it in right. And uh, this is uh, Nomad Foods. N-O-M-D is a symbol on this one. And this is a smaller company, about a $5 billion company. Uh, but again, it's the chart. You see the breakout. You see the pullback. Uh, they have a uh, packaged foods uh, all over Western Europe. Uh, I mean, some, they, they have the, um, uh, the uh, uh, bird's eye brand over in the UK and Ireland, Findus in Italy, France, Spain, and Scandinavia, Iglo in Germany. Uh, most of it is, is frozen foods. But again, uh, this, is, this is not the most exciting play, but... Uh, decent valuation, 14 uh, forward P ratio, 1.5 price to sales, peg ratio below one, all great valuations. And now if we take a look at a longer term chart here, you get an idea kind of really why I like this. Uh, great long term chart, broke out to a high, pulling back, and we'll zoom back in here. And uh, the breakout is now kind of finding this double, double bottom support level, the RSI is working its way up. Yeah, not, not, bad look, not a bad looking stock here. Um, but again, probably one I wouldn't have found without using my daily scans in the morning. This next one just happened to be the one I picked, MDC Holdings. This is a home builder. But I will tell you this, there's a lot of home builders that came up in this scan uh, this morning. So that should tell you something. A lot of home builders are pulling back. You can see here, this is pulled back and now it's sitting on price support, sitting on this blue line, which is a 200 day moving average. Your RSI is starting to move up. I can zoom out a little bit more here and show you a longer term chart. Again, snapback, pullback, man, it's just, some of these charts are really looking good, folks. And, and you know, home builders to me is, the, the residential construction demand is not slowing down. Uh, the next one we'll take a look at here is the Aaron's Company. Uh, this is kind of an opening, reopening play, recent IPO, uh, rallied up, it's pulled back. Uh, RSI's uh, starting to move over from uh, oversold areas. Man, it looks pretty darn good too. I mean, that, that charge really taken off. Could that pull back a little more? Absolutely. Uh, it, it could pull all the way back to the, the high 20s or even the mid 20s and fill that gap. It's about a $1.2 billion company. Uh, but as a, as, a, as a retailer, they're more of the least to own. And uh, like rent a center there's a couple others out there. And that, to me, is, is a nice play because there's so much money sitting on the sidelines still in checking and savings accounts, people getting back to work. And a lot of people just don't like to put down the big dollar money to buy something, so they rent to own. Uh, so I think it's a pretty interesting play. Uh, and, and again, decent valuations, 4P ratio, uh, just under 12, forward price of sales 0.7. So it's still cheap at this level right here as well. Uh, and the, the last one we'll take a look at here is a, uh, a restaurant company, uh, Biglari Holdings, uh, BH uh, is a symbol. And uh, again, chart kind of falls into something very similar here. You know, this is a, uh, about a half a billion dollar company, so about a $500 million company. 
it's a holding company and they own subsidiaries and, and a bunch of different businesses. Um, they have segments that include uh, Steak and Shake, uh, Western Sizzle, um, and in the Steak and Shake segment, they, they have the ownership, the operation, and the franchising of the restaurants. In the Western Sizzle, uh, they're engaged in the franchising of the restaurants. Uh, so it's you know, basically classic American stuff uh, is, is what you're looking at here. Breakout, pullback to support. Um, I mean, obviously sales dipped last year. It fell from 668 to 433 uh, million, but they should start continuing to, to bounce back as the economy reopens. You see this nice support level right here. Uh, I'll even zoom out a little bit further for you. You're going to see that big pullback uh, here during the pandemic. Still a long way to go to get to, to pre-pandemic. So I think there's still big, big upside on this. Uh, trading at a real nice valuation. Uh, smaller stock, not a lot of volume. But again, came across on the, uh, on the scan. One I probably wouldn't have on there. But one I wanted to add, uh, add to you and, and share with you here. So... You know, we, we covered a lot today, everything from the markets breaking out to uh, obviously the news from Intellia this weekend and, and the breakthrough in gene editing. Uh, we talked about the huge order, the largest order ever for United, largest order from any airline to, for a new air, uh, aircraft in a decade. Um, they're hiring more. We talked about why ETFs don't always work for people. And then again, the chart show. So a little bit of everything. We got a lot of stuff in today's show. Uh, but the goal is, don't forget, uh, I want to uh, entertain you and educate you along the way. And obviously, I hope that leads to making money. You know, that's, the, that's why you're watching shows like this. But to get there, folks, you don't just start making money in the market. Uh, you have to be educated along the way. Otherwise, you'll make bad decisions. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, you can buy all the newsletters I publish. If you don't educate yourself on how to use them, uh, how to read them, educate yourself on just the market in general, to understand that there's volatility, there's ups and downs, bear markets happen, pullbacks happen, uh, what to look for in both the charts and in fundamentals, all that stuff. If you don't educate yourself on it, you're not going to be successful. No matter how good we may be in the newsletter business, you won't be successful. You have to educate yourself along the way. And the other thing is I want to try and entertain you along the way, and hopefully I do that for you as well. But I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Like, subscribe, comment below. Let's take a look real quick at the markets where we're at right now. There's the S&P 500, very similar to where we started the show. And right now it's a couple minutes before uh, 10 o'clock East Coast time, 8 o'clock here. So we'll see how things turn out. And let's just check ARK real quick, ARKK, see how uh, the growth stocks uh, are doing. Oh, look at this. They were down three-quarters of a cent. Now they're up three-quarters of a cent. Great to see that, man. It looks like these markets really just want to continue. I'd continue to buy all pullbacks. We had the, the NASDAQ was down too, and now that's up uh, slightly, a couple, couple pennies here. So overall, folks, this market's strong. We can't go up every day. The S&P's on pace had five consecutive closes at all-time highs. We're going to have pullbacks. Use the pullbacks as buying opportunities for stocks that you've been watching, or just to get into the market in general. But again, education, entertainment, that's what we're all about, and uh, obviously making some money too. So have a great rest of your week. Wrap up the first half of 2021 in a positive way. Go out there, tell somebody uh, hello, tell them they look good, whatever it might be. Shake their hand, give them a hug, spread the love, and uh, be safe, be happy. And uh, we'll be back Friday morning. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for supporting me. Um, you know, I'm Matt McCall, and that was your money line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com. <laughs>